They changed the terminology for the alphabet. Oh yeah, after World War Two. Yeah, yeah. That was so a long time ago. You just have to give them new names. Why? Well, to confuse everyone. Obviously, is that for intelligence purposes or anything? No, no. It's for lack of intelligence purposes. This is <laughs> <laughs> this is the government we're talking about. Once more unto the breach, dear friends, else close the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Personal Wealth Coach, starring Jake and Jeff McClure. Now, that may have been overly promissory. I, I always want to put a caveat on that. It is exciting to us because we might mess up in, in our, our audience of at least three people and embarrass ourselves greatly. Why do you think there's three people listening to us? Well, there's you and me, and there's at least two people at the board at the studio right now. You're listening? What did, what did you say? I wasn't paying attention. You're, are you listening? What? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I see. No, maybe it's less than three people now that I do the math and realize that I'm not paying attention to. Uh, so... It is going to be at least mildly um, not boring today as we discuss uh, economics across the global system, the national system, and the state and local system. We can, st we can do a little bit of interstellar economics discussion too. Yes, galactic uh, commerce this week picked up quite a bit as the dust rate uh, inflated. It makes as that, much sense as most of economic jargon, huh? Well, that and the UAPs. We we apparently importing some UAPs and didn't know it. UAP? Oh, that sounds horrible. You should write headlines. What's a UAP? Unidentified aerial phenomena. Oh, yeah. There were 100. We, we apparently over the last several years have imported 137 of them. How do you know it's not the same one over and over again? It could be, but the... The central, not central intelligence agency, the director of Citrus, director of what? What's his name? What's the title? I don't have the, the director of what? Intelligence I, coordination I, or something like that. I'm said not they were sure. 130, said there were 137 sightings. Of something unknown and un, uh, yes. un, unidentifiable. Unknown, unidentifiable aerial phenomena that they don't know what is. What is amazing to me is that there's only that many of them, that they were able to identify all of the other stuff. Well, they got, there was initially 144, and they figured out that some of them were deflating weather balloons. Wait a minute, I've heard that one before. Uh-huh. Yeah, but, so they actually eliminated was some, of the, some of the things they thought were... Swamp gas deflating from weather balloons over Roswell. Right, that's it. Right. And they were a bunch of men dressed all in black with little shiny things flashing. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's what's going on. We're going to put a call in to Will Smith and see if he can identify any of these things. All right, so this, that's not really what we're going to talk about today. We've already talked about it, so we're not going to talk about it. In, well, maybe we will. Uh, this is about economics, and uh, we do tend to talk about fun things like why do we have to have a new acronym for UFO? That's an acronym itself. Well, but it's cool. It's, it's, it's a UAP that tells you you're up to speed. You're not in the 1950s. Uh, oh, using the new acronym. It's like when the military changed its terminology for the alphabet. Right. 
Okay. They changed the terminology for the alphabet. Oh yeah, after World War II. Yeah, yeah. That was so a long time ago. You just have to give them new names. Why? Well, to confuse everyone. Obviously, is that for intelligence purposes or anything? No, no. It's for lack of intelligence purposes. This is <laughs> <laughs> this is the government we're talking about. Well, this is the personal wealth coach, and we are not only a riveting radio program. And riveting is very painful, so you'll you'll understand why we're riveting. Yes, if you've ever riveted yourself, you will know that we are a very riveting talk program. We're also the tip of the couple of guys you hear, Jake and Jeff, are still are also the principals in a registered investment advisory firm in Salado, Texas, registered with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, which implies in no way that they approve or disapprove of what we're doing. Well, fact, wait, wait I'm a sure they wait disapproved a of something. It doesn't imply that they approve of us, but almost by implication, if you ask the SEC if they approve of anything, they're going to say no. So that is disapproval. It immediately well, implies disapproval. It's not active disapproval. No, it's kind of like the word, I don't like that. The words, well, it sounds bad, but you're, what you're really saying is that you don't prefer it. Not that you don't like it, but you don't like it when you... You see what I'm saying there. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. So the SEC doesn't like us. There you go. It's better simply to say that the SEC neither approves or disapproves of anything we say. The SEC doesn't approve of what we say. And since they haven't inspected us on this, what we're saying today, they haven't disapproved. Yeah. They might change their mind on that. So to be safe, we can say they don't approve of us. There you go. That's cool. That's cool. uh, not like that we're seeking approval, but we're really seeking not disapproval. How's that? Also, even though we are registered, we're the principals of a registered investment advisory firm that gives wealth management to people of higher net worth. We are not giving investment advice on this radio program. We're educating instead because investment advice is something that's given to people according to their specific situation, their goals, their objectives, and above all, it's private. And if we say it on the radio, it's not private. That's are you sure? I'm positive. Yeah, we just established we didn't know what our listening audience is. It might be the best place to hold a private conversation if nobody's listening. You got it. It's entirely possible. By the way, if you are listening and you want to contribute something to the show or you want to ask us a question, you can send us an email at either jake at tpwc.com or jeff at tpwc.com, and we will respond on the air, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Well, Yeah. How do you know there the Lord a, wills it, though? That's the thing, is that it's like the SEC. Well, if the Lord doesn't will it, it ain't going to happen. That's the religious phenomena the, anyway. The, the, the RP? Yeah. Okay. But the next thing is, I don't want to take your deem one away, because you really okay. like deems. I do. I do. Deems and therefores and whereas yeah. is the fact that we're talking on the radio means people are listening to us and they hear the name of the person wealth coach and it's always possible they might decide to phone us up and say look i've got five million dollars i want you to manage right but what we've hasn't, discovered hasn't happened recently but you never yeah. can tell it might what we've discovered is that most people that have very large amounts of wealth might hear about us because we have the radio program but if you've ever listened to our radio program, it's probably a good idea not to make a decision on where to put your large amounts of money just on the basis of a radio program. That's probably true. Yeah. People make decisions on less valid information. Yes. I, I, and above, and above all, the information we present on this educational radio program, educational, that is 
almost a promissory statement. Possibly educational radio program, the information we present has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable, but we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or reliability of said sources. You changed a word. What you I said do? reliability instead of completeness. Oh, our completeness. Yeah, um, I'm surprised you are... Uh, we, make no, we make no warranty or guarantee as to the... Reliability of the verbiage of our disclosures. We make no warranty or guarantee as to the completeness or accuracy of said information. Right. Yeah. There it is. Yes. Is. Yes. It's very good. Uh, anyway. All right. So you want to tell us what happened this week in the market? Well, the stock market recovered very nicely this week. For those of you with short memories, last Friday, the stock market went into a bit of a tizzy and actually fell some. And the news media, the Wall Street Journal, Financial Times, and so on, reported it was because they were scared the Fed was going to tighten too soon, which is the reverse of what they were scared of a little earlier when they said the Fed might not tighten soon enough. The reality was the market probably fell on Friday, not because of any logical reason that we can understand, but because it was triple witching hour. And there were lots of witches running around on Wall Street towards the end of the day. So that was Friday, last Friday, not this yesterday's Friday. Yeah, last Friday. And so, because there are a lot of, actually three different levels of options expired on Friday. And that meant that people who had bet the market was going to go down, a lot of people had to sell shares to cover their options. Yeah. Some of them were taking profits, and that's why they waited to the last minute to do it. But some of them were selling stuff because they didn't want to lose money. So there were a lot of option-related sales going on on Friday. Whenever you hear the term triple witching hour, that means the 90-day, the 30-day, and the 60-day. No, 90-day. Quarterly, so it happens on the quarter, but it's also stock options, stock options for indexes, and index futures are all coming on the same date. But on top of that, because it's quarterly, you also have the weekly, monthly, and quarterly contracts all coming due. And they all come due at the same time, and it's called triple witching hour because there's an awful lot of selling has to go on, and sometimes there's a lot of buying has to go on, and the stock market goes crazy for no particular reason. I, w- I, I think the person that developed the term for it was just like, let's get a really good term that sounds less boring than a lot of option- than a lot of contracts expiring, very detailed lawyerly contracts expiring all at the same time. That doesn't sound scary. Triple witching hour. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, That's but good, still people don't know what it is, even though it has a cool a name. Term for it. Anyway, this market went down, and the people who looked around and said, that doesn't make any sense for the market to go down with earnings coming in really well, and the Federal Reserve getting... Actually, they blamed it on the Federal Reserve's announcement on Wednesday that the market went down on Friday, which didn't make any sense at all, but that's what the media does. So we're still talking about a week ago, not yeah. last um, week, this, just to say this, what we recovered from. This week, the S&P 500 closed at 4,287.70. That's up 2.74% for the week. Ooh, that's, that's a nice return for a week. And it's like up 13.97% year to date, which is pretty astonishing. Now, we're not quite six months into the year. Do not expect the S&P 500 to rise 27%. For the rest for the of the year. year? Yeah. For the total year. Despite the fact, and I'm going to give a really astonishing number here that's really weird. You realize that when the, when the record close that we had on Friday, the S&P 500 was up, now get this, 91% from where it was at the bottom during the pandemic. A 91% rise. It's almost doubled. 
it was in the 2000 range at the bottom of the pandemic. It's almost doubled in just over a year. Wow. That's and impressive. Of, that's really and impressive. A of, and a lot of people bailed out when the market went down because that's why the market went down because a lot of people bailed out. And some of them, I suspect, are still not in waiting for it to finally go down again. Or, yeah, Although, I'll buy it when it drops back down to where I sold it. Well, it, it, it might not for a long yeah. time or if ever. That, that is no promise. Uh, shares may be higher or lower when sold than when bought. Past exactly. performance, no guarantee of future returns. Close cover before striking. So anyway. What else happened this week? Well, there was a agreement between President Biden and a bipartisan group of senators. And, in Mar- and the S&P 500 jumped. And as a result, both on Thursday and Friday, it hit record close levels. Um, Wait a minute. I have to stop you there for just a second. Did, did you just say... a? sounded like you were talking about a really hard physics problem, like there may not be a real result here. You said bipartisan group of senators. I thought that didn't yes. exist anymore. Is, is that well, even there's, possible? There's 100 senators and 10% of them apparently are in a bipartisan group. A ten, there's about 11, 11%. 11% of the senators are willing to listen to the other senators. Apparently. Apparently. Or at least they're yeah. willing to say that they're willing to listen. Yes. So that kind of inspired investors. You could actually see the market on Thursday morning when the announcement came out. And then when the market opened, it jumped rather significantly. That was the only big thing. Otherwise, the market just rose steadily during the week as people realized that the world was not coming to an end and there were no triple witches on Wall Street. Yeah. And we, we're going to tell you a bit about that infrastructure framework thing. Doohickey. Yeah. It's not really even a bill yet it's just a framework for a bill that they've agreed on so and when you've only got 11 people agreeing out of 100 you may need more than that at some point but it's it's hopeful in that they are the the 11 people right in the middle that could swing the vote and of course immediately they fell to bickering again of course we'll see how it works out anyway uh we track another index the crsp mid-cap value index uh, which is represents the kind of opposite corner from the large cap growth side of the S and P 500 that drives it. It rose 3.42 percent for the week to 34.49. Those of you who received the newsletter, I got one number wrong there. It was 24.49.82, not 34. It's now up almost. It's up 19.39 percent for the year. Interestingly enough, things returned to normal this week. The stock market went up. And the NASDAQ went up more than the S&P 500, and the S&P 500 went up more than the Dow, which is normal, by the way. The Dow normally is the sluggard in the group. The S&P 500 is in second place in rises and falls. And the NASDAQ normally peaks out, and it reversed last week. The NASDAQ fell least. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell second least, and the S- uh, fell most. And the S&P 500 fell in the middle, which just doesn't make any sense at all. When you look at the way the, the stocks are structured. Anyway, why except, do I say we're back to normal? Yeah, Go ahead. except that having discussed the whole triple witching hour, we understand why that is, because a lot the of those uh, a lot of witches were involved. But really, a lot of those contracts were on the bigger name issues. Yeah. Anyway, the 10 year U.S. Treasury note, which is the benchmark for the bond market, which is very important, by the way, if you're thinking still thinking about refinancing your house. Increase its yield to 1.528%. Now, that's nowhere near the high that it hit. It was up to one point, almost to 1.7% earlier this year. 
But for six weeks, it's been declining and it turned around and headed back in the other direction. Now, it's important to understand about bonds. And if you don't already know this, this is kind of basic, but I think most people don't know it. When interest rates rise, the value of a bond portfolio falls. When interest rates rise, when interest rates fall, the bond portfolio value rises. And a I'll lot give, of people have been pumping money into bonds. L- let me give a quick, just a very quick primer on that. If you're, if you have money at a bank and a competing bank, and it's in a bank account that you don't use for any of your like normal purchases, it's just sitting there. You only use it for abnormal purposes. Abnormal purposes, like abnormal purchases, yeah. Exactly those things. There's no automatic payments coming out of it. It doesn't really matter if it's there or, somebody, or somewhere else. And you hear about a competing bank that's offering an additional 1% uh, on, on your savings. Wow. Well, I'm going to switch. What does that do to the value of the existing bank's holdings? It made the value drop. They have less of it there because interest rates went up. Existing deals are worth less when new deals are worth more. That's the easiest way to think of it. If, if you've just been told, if you do this, you'll get a free ice cream cone and you get all excited about it and then you hear somebody else is getting two free ice cream cones, you probably want to go get that deal instead, which causes the one ice cream cone deal to be less valuable. When interest rates go up, bond prices go down. And ice cream cones... As well, when you throw ice cream cones in there, you're getting very complicated. Well, it makes a mess when you throw ice cream cones anywhere. It's just yes. really not a good thing to do, especially when you're doing a triple witching hour. Just particularly in the summertime. In wintertime, it's not that big a yeah, deal. It just stays frozen. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the bond market went well, increases yields, so it went down as the stock market went up. And the stock market now think about two point seven four percent for one week. Multiply that times 52. The stock market had a tremendous jump this week. The 52 is the number of weeks in the year. People ask me, why do you keep multiplying by 52? Well, because that's it was a weekly. Sorry. Yep. It's not on the calendar that you have 52 weeks, so it's we have to remind people that. But interestingly enough, despite the fact that the yield curve remains steep, uh, the interest rates on the uh, 30-year bond is a percentage dropped more than they did on the 10-year bond which flattens the yield curve just a little bit, but there's a reason that this happened, and that is apparently there was a rush of foreign investors who came in to buy 30-year bonds, 30-year treasury bonds, when they came to the conclusion this week that the Fed has inflation under control. Now, remember, last week they were panicking because the Fed had lost control of inflation. This week they're buying because the Fed has inflation under control, which just shows that something that... uh, one of my sons, not the one I'm speaking to, said to me the other day, he says he's grown up now because he's figured out that all the really smart people aren't really any smarter than he is. There aren't <laughs> any grown up. There aren't any real grown ups out there. Yeah, I think that's the thing. We at some point have to come to the realization that average intelligence is average because it covers everybody. Yeah. Price of West Texas intermediate crude oil, which is the benchmark for oil, which is another indicator of what the economy is doing. Uh, rose to $74. And it rose to $74 not on any constriction in supply, but on demand is ramping up across the economy as the economy reopens. Basically, the markets are telling us that the, the economy is doing well and it's likely to do better in the future. I think that's a pretty good summation of, of the market. But I will say this. It's important as long as we're talking about markets. We are overdue for a correction. When the market has risen 91% from its bottom, 
When I say a correction, that doesn't mean a bear market. It just means that something, anything could spook this market into a 10% drop. Yeah. We don't think that that would be sustained. We don't think it would stay down for a great long period of time because all of this other information that we're looking at is pretty amazingly good. Now, having said that we're due for a correction, I agree with that. Historically, we look back and say, hey, have we ever had a market rise this much without a correction in the middle of it? No, we haven't. But it's been an amazingly short-term period that had a pretty big drop at the beginning of it. Yep, it did. But something it was could go just wrong. over a year ago. So it's like we're compacting a bunch of history into a very short time period. Something could flare up in the Middle East. Well, it's no longer called officially called the Middle East now. It's Southwest Asia. Well, we're going to change the term Midwest states as well. We're going to... What are we going to... I don't know. South... Central... Central Central Middle? Yeah. Yeah, Midwest is really weird because West is California. It should be the opposite of the Middle East if it's the Midwest, right? But you got to figure out... West of where and East of where. Yeah, and that's that's the hard part is that I think we're still measuring from Greenwich in, in England. That makes sense to me. So, I yeah. Mean, that's the official time. Anyway, what was I talking about? You, we yes, were talking about anything could anything could go off and, and cause a correction at this point. The market is not, by most metrics, most historical metrics, the market is not overpriced, despite the fact it's risen so much. Agreed. The market is not underpriced. Uh, the market is fairly priced for a growing economy. But that doesn't mean that the traders might not get spooked by something. They're they're triggering. They're easily triggered into spook mode, which, by the way, is a very good sign. There's a lot of worry. If there's a lot of worry, it means that the bull market has some more legs. It's a centipede. Yes. We're going to mix as many metaphors as we can. This bull is actually a centipede. It has more legs than an economist has hands. It's a centipede. Yeah. A centipede. Uh, it's got legs. All of the news that we're seeing on recovery from the economic collapse around the pandemic, in the United States at least, is good. There's still a lot of speed bumps for the recovery, and any of those speed bumps could cause us to look around and say, oh, the da- disaster is still here. Uh, the number one of those speed bumps that I see is the Delta variant of the of the virus, of, the, of COVID-19. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it is spreading rather rapidly amongst kids. It's not killing very many kids, but it's spreading amongst them and making them sick, which is making it easier for them to spread it to other people. As long as kids were sort of not getting it, then the adult population getting vaccinated stopped it a lot. It was like, you know, kids are, are below 20% of our population. But if you consider just kind of roughly round it to 20% of the population, that kind of didn't need to be vaccinated before. So it's a lot easier to get to herd immunity when 20% of the population doesn't need to worry about it. The Delta variant is causing that to not be as easy. So a good place to look at is Israel for this. They are the most vaccinated country on the planet as far as percentage. Uh, It's helpful that their population is about the same as the Austin area. Uh, It's easy to get one group that size vaccinated, but they are back to mandatory mask wearing because the Delta variant is taking off so strongly and it's spreading amongst the kids so fast. So 
Um, they're back to mandatory mask wearing in Israel, and that that says something pretty clearly there. They're, Israel's afraid of it, and they're the most vaccinated. We're starting to see a lot of the Delta show up here. So what's important here is, if you can, please get vaccinated. This is this is the, the major speed bump to the economy getting mo- moving again. Uh, I don't care about how you feel and whether or not you're sick or not. Just don't slow down the economy, guys. Okay? No, I actually do one care. Of, I, I would rather you guys not get sick. That's there. One of the things we tend to overlook is there's still, right, last week we saw 374 deaths per day in the United States Which from is COVID. crazy low from what it had been. Yeah, it was up in the. It was up around. Let's see, the highest it got was like three thousand six hundred and thirty-seven a day. Yeah, right, about the same as nine eleven every day. But we still, it's not gone away. And we had one death in Bell County last week. We had four deaths the week before. Four deaths the week before. It hasn't. the 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 disease has not gone away. It's still lurking out there. It's still wandering around. And at least anecdotally, we're hearing that. The people who are in the hospital dying from it right now are very, very ill from it right now, tend to be younger people yeah. in their 30s and 40s. So it's a good idea to get in, to get vaccinated. It's a good idea to continue to take some degree of precaution around people. And as we said, when we talk about these other numbers, there's some amazing numbers out there on earnings and everything else, but they all go out the window if we go back to some kind of a lockdown. So regardless of what you feel the dangers around the vaccine to be from my perspective, the danger of the virus to the economy for the unvaccinated is much larger. Um, That's a macro approach. You're, you know, they're saying there's uh, secondary effects to the vaccine. Now there's some myocarditis, which is an inflammation and enlargening of the heart, which is an unpleasant and pretty nasty experience. But it's extremely rare for those vaccinated. It's a lot, a lot rarer than the people that get the get COVID when they're not vaccinated. So that just kind of says you got to measure your risks. It's like getting in a car. You got to measure risks. How how important is it to go to McDonald's today? People lose their lives in a car every day. I I think for a lot of people, the the risk on getting the French fries is outweighed by the taste of the French fry. You got it. And we're about out of time. Do you want to do a wrap up? Well, the stock market was up a bunch. That's a scientific term that we use occasionally. the uh, The stock market was up two points. The S and P five hundred was up two point seven four percent for the week, which is great. It hit records on thursday and friday the based on good economic news that's coming just about everywhere everything indicates that there's plenty of consumer money to be spent which in our economy is driven by consumers so consumer money being spent drives about 67 percent of our economy and the consumers still are sitting on record high quantities of cash to spend as they go down the road they're just waiting for something to spend it on so this this economic expansion has legs we're probably well past the trend line, and we're probably well above the trend, trend line at this point for GDP growth historically. We're about out of time for this hour. But in the meantime, if you want to talk to us off the air, we actually do give fiduciary investment advice to individuals, trusts, foundations, uh, folks of high net worth. 
Uh, you can call us locally with voicemail on the weekend, real live people on the weeks. 254-947-1111. Or you can reach that line toll-free, 1-800-914-7526. That's 800-914-PLAN. You can go to our webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com or tpwc.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can listen to the radio program going back lots of years. You can find our podcast. You can contact us through the contact form, or you can email us directly at jake at tpwc.com or jeff at tpwc.com. Until next hour, this has been The Personal Wealth Coach.